Welcome to the Central Christian Church Message Podcast. We are passionate about leading people to discover and fully own faith in Jesus. It is our desire that the following message inspires you to take your next steps in your own faith. Let's dive in. Well, good morning to each and every one of you, and welcome to any of uh, uh, all of you on any of our campuses. Man, it's so good to have you with us. And if you're watching online uh, in any local community or across the nation or around the world, wherever you are, we welcome you as well. I'm so glad you're here today. It is an absolute pleasure to welcome you uh, because you're in for an uh, you're in for a treat. I- I'm going to tell you right now um, if you uh, if making noise in church makes you uncomfortable, you're going to be uncomfortable. Can I get an amen from anybody? Amen. Okay, now just you, you, I'm, you, just remember I said that. Okay, because we have a very special guest today. And um, we're in a series called Love Beyond, and we're talking about the fact that so many of us try to fill our acquaintances with people who are just like us and who see life just the way that we see it. And um, we so limit uh, the richness of life by doing that. And so in our Love Beyond series, we're talking about going beyond the line and, and, and making friends with people who are different than you. And uh, we have one, one of my good friends who is another pastor, actually is a pastor at a Baptist church in Mesa. I met him uh, years ago. Uh, we ended up living, we live in the same neighborhood. And so we have become friends just through our neighborhood. But then we became friends as far as pastors and church leaders. And there are so many things I could tell you about my friend, David Wade. David Wade, where do I begin? Oh, I gotta tell you the... Uh, I got to lead off with, I got to tell you something bad about him. And I'm, let me just get this out here so we can get past it, okay? He's an avid Dallas Cowboys fan. I, I know. I know. It's, it's, I struggled with it too. Um, so, okay, let's just pretend like we didn't know that, okay? Because if you can get past that, you're going to really like this guy, trust me, all right? Now, anyway, he, um, how, again, where do I begin to describe David? David, uh, David is a third-generation pastor. His grandfather was a pastor. He is a, uh, his dad's a pastor, very prominent pastor in Los Angeles, and uh, David has uh, taken the call to be a pastor. He is pastor of Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Mesa. He has been the lead pastor of that church for 25 years. That church, by the way, became a church. It began just a little bit after Arizona became a state. That's how old that church is. He is only the third pastor in the history of the 105 years that church has been in existence. Is that not amazing? That is incredible. So, yeah, you can clap because I think that's astounding. So, so often churches, you know, just go through pastors, go through pastors, uh, not his church. He uh, recently, uh, as I said, celebrated 25 years. He invited Lisa and I to a, a party that his church threw in, in his honor. It was in downtown Mesa. And it was so incredible. Uh, we went, had a great evening, uh, just a beautiful celebration. But what was fascinating was the mayor of Mesa was there, the chief of police of Mesa was there, a bunch of politicians, uh, you know, were there. And, and they're there because he has invested so much of his heart in the community of Mesa. And he's on boards, and, and uh, I could go on and on and on. I just want you to understand something. The, the problem with so many of us 
is that um, we only uh, make friends with people who are just like us. And here's what I'm going to tell you. David's not just like me. Dave's a preacher. Dave's asked me to preach in his church. And I've said, David, I'm not preaching in your church. Because your church is going to, they know what preaching sounds like. And I'm going to just, and I, I don't, you're going to be so disappointed in me after you get a chance to hear David. So get your amens ready. You understand what I'm saying? Get ready because you're about to take a wild ride. Would you welcome to Central my friend, David Wade? David! Thank you, man. Thank you, <laughs> okay. All right. Let me uh, express my appreciation uh, for your pastor, uh, my dear friend, uh, neighbor, uh, Cal, and Lisa. Where is Lisa? Is she here? She isn't here yet? I know I'm going to get at least one amen because Cal's not going to say anything. Uh, oh, I see you. I see you. Hey, I, I know I get at least one amen because uh, Cal, I got to take him to the baptism pool again. Let's see. <laughs> Listen, I want to express my appreciation for Cal and his staff for affording me this rich opportunity. And I want to uh, share my heart with you today. Uh, I do not apologize for uh, being a Cowboys fan. Amen. I'm a Texan by birth, and uh, there's nothing bigger than the Texas boast. So uh, those of you who are Texans, holler if you hear me. Amen. See, all right, I'm in the right crew. Thank you so much. Listen, I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 14. There is a word that uh, I want to share with you. Uh, In keeping with the theme of what uh, has been shared Uh, within the framework of this wonderful, wonderful theme, uh, what we will find out, Paul wants to uh, identify some few words. Verse number uh, 21, it says, And they preached the gospel in the city and won a large number of disciples. Then they turned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to their faith. We must go through many hardships to enter into the kingdom of God, they said. I want to, uh, I want to, I want to talk about how to celebrate victory in the kingdom. Um, I, I, said to, uh, I said to the early service today, um, how many of you were privileged to go to a house party or a disco or a club at one point in time in your life. Raise your hand. Now, uh, how many of you remember the phraseology, a wallflower? How many have never heard that before? Raise your hand. Well, we got to school y'all real quick. And uh, that is while the party is going on, there's a person that's just standing on the wall like this. No movement, no excitement. But the sad travesty is we've got too many wallflowers in the church when it's time to celebrate. Isn't it amazing that we can get involved with praise and worship with the praise and worship leading team? We can say amen, nod our heads, clap our hands when Pastor Cal is preaching. But the one place where the children of God ought to make noise, most of us are spiritual wallflowers. And that is when somebody gives their life to Jesus Christ. 
That's when the church ought to be on fire. But I've discovered there are people who come to the church who are trying to find a spiritual fire, but they got wet wood. Their attitudes are damp. Nothing moves them. But can I tell you something today? When Paul and Barnabas began to share the word of God, they shared the word of God with such enthusiasm that people came to hear them when they went from Antioch to Iconium to Lystra, wherever they went, they went with some excitement because there was a fire on the inside. And I raised the question today, how excited, how on fire are you when it comes to being able to give a testimony of what the Lord has done for you? See, we didn't miss the shouting part already. <laughs> Is there anybody like me that when you think of how the Lord has been good to you, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to raise my voice. I, I, I told the other crowd, I said, uh, if I lifted my voice, I want to bring it down because I don't want to get fired before I get started. Amen. But can I say something to you? Yes. Paul and Barnabas was excited. What excites you being a child of God? What causes you to make some signal noise in the house? The Bible says that we ought to enter to his gates with what? then why y'all ain't doing it? The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Y'all haven't, we got some over here, ain't said nothing at all. The Bible says, let everything that has, do what? Now, how come we won't do that for the glory of God? So notice, let, let me get to this, because I don't want y'all to close off on me so fast, but, um, Paul says something that, that is ours to embrace. As Paul and Barnabas traveled more than 1,200 miles, much of which they did on foot. They had no jet planes. They had no motor scooters. They did not have a train to connect with. They simply wanted to get the word out wherever they could. And I raised the question, when is the last time you went beyond to give somebody the gospel. And the last time you talked to somebody to say, do you know Jesus? And the last time you said, listen, have you given your life to the Lord? Where will you spend eternity? And can I tell you something? It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you look like. The truth of the matter is love goes beyond color, conversation, it literally starts with a confession of faith. And we who are in the family of God must be able to present the word of God to people who don't always look like us. Amen. Amen. Now, y'all made me raise my voice, and I wasn't even trying. <laughs> We've got to get beyond. What does love look like when we celebrate kingdom victories? We who are in the family ought to celebrate kingdom victories when we share the gospel with passion. I tried my level best. I might as well just go and be myself. I don't, I don't have but one sermon left to go, and I'm going to tell you all uh, in my heart. You know, I tried to be like Cal. I tried to come to church and say, you know, I think that we ought to be able 
to talk about sharing Jesus with passion. But y'all, can I tell you something? That ain't me. And the reason I preach with passion is because souls are going to hell and we are not concerned about it at all. If we as a family of God are going to be able to celebrate in heaven, we ought to be working together down here. And too often we think one crowd is better than the other when the truth of the matter is we are all sinners saved by grace. And when it comes to the foot of the cross, there's no color lines, there's no creed, there is none of that. We all are sinners by birth and practice. And can I tell you something? I don't care how holy you live. I don't care how close you think you are to getting to heaven. The only way to live above sin is to get an apartment above a sinner. Y'all catch that on your way home. <laughs> All we like sheep have gone astray. There's none righteous, no, not one. But it becomes ours to do our level best to tell people that Jesus still saves. Now, can I tell you, when is the last time you got excited because you were going to share the gospel with somebody else? Anybody ever... You just get so excited when you talk about Jesus, you can't just keep it to yourself. See, I got a couple of yips in the center aisle. Let me ask you this. What do you really get excited about? I can't get a witness now, can I? Holidays. What else? Football. Who said football? What team? All right. All right. Let me tell you something. I went to the Super Bowl when, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, I was in Ford Field in uh, Detroit. I got tickets for dirt cheap, and I took one of my deacons. And there was a guy who was so enthroned with the Pittsburgh Steelers. His hand, okay, well. Now, you ain't said amen the whole time I'm preaching. Then all of a sudden, I say the Pittsburgh City, whoo, amen, yes. But can I tell you something? This guy was so excited about watching the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every time he clapped his hands, my ears started hurting. They were piercing my ears. It was like he had cymbals in his hand, and he just kept on clapping, kept on clapping. And finally, I got to a place. I said, brother, I, I know you're, you're excited, but can you not clap so loud? And you know what he, he looked at me? And you know what he said to me? And it arrested me for the rest of my life. He said, you may not like the Steelers, but I love them. And because I love them, I'm going to make as much noise as I want. When I think about how much the Lord loved me and you, I don't need no choir to sing. I don't need a praise team to pump me and prime me. I'm going to make some noise myself because when I think about what God has done in and through and with my life, I can't repay him. But what I can do is tell somebody with some passion that Jesus is still available. Is there anybody in here this morning that will testify? Yes, he is. But then the Bible says something else that you and I ought to be able to embrace, and that is when we have victory, we are able to strengthen the saints and we make it a priority. You know, one of the things that bothers me is we got people who are in the church 
that know you ought to be able to encourage and strengthen somebody else, and we let them fall. The Bible says the strong bear the infirmity of the weak. And if that be the case, then you and I have a role and responsibility to be able to tell people that in spite of your flaw, you can get back on your feet. I'll say it again. You can get back on your feet. Thank you for that. I'll say it again. Look at somebody tell, you can. Come on over here. You can get stronger when we build up one another. See, the Bible says that you and I have a role and responsibility that we ought to help encourage to build up somebody in the faith. Now, one of the problems in the church is that we've got too many people that no longer want to help those who are struggling. But can I tell you something, brothers and sisters and friends? Paul and Barnabas was trying to tell this new church that every now and then, you're going to need some help. And the help you're going to need is to help you to get back out to the runway of life. Okay, y'all tripping, so let me hook y'all up. Um, uh, I, I, I fly from time to time. I don't fly like Cal International World and all that stuff. I just go across town and, and I come right on back. I'm on a 50-minute flight back wherever I'm going. Not uh, takes whole 28 hours to get to where you're going. I, I don't do all that. Um, but you know what I found out, and, and I, I, I discovered something. Anybody ever seen a Boeing 747? Or you, you'll discover something at, within the Boeing 747. It can take 300-plus passengers, a few tons of gas, and a few hundred pounds of luggage. But out of all the things that you discover about a 747, you'll discover something. And you know what that discovery is? Whenever you see it get ready to pull out from the jetway, it's always connected to a little Jeep with no windows and no doors. And what you discover about this this big piece of machinery is that it does not have a reverse gear. What am I trying to say? As great as that plane is, it even needs a little help to get out to the runway. Don't you know that's what you and I, those who are struggling, those who have gotten weak on the journey, it takes you and I who are children of God to help some folk to get out to the runway of life. And that's what Paul and Barnabas was doing for those that as they established the church, they were trying to get people out to the runway so they could know that Jesus Christ still is the answer. So let me... Let me um, uh, let, let me just say it like this. Let me give you this last thing. I, I won't hold you. Um, say this with me. Sharing, Sharing. The, gospel the gospel should be a priority in every believer's life. And when we do that, we are able to become disciple makers. But then the second thing you'll discover is that when strengthening the saints become a priority, and you know what that does? It means that we are building up one another. But this last thing, and you know what that is? And that is whenever we really want to win souls for Christ, always remember there's going to be some stumbling blocks. There's always going to be some people that are going to try to keep you down. But can I tell you the shouting part? 
And that is when we encourage believers to remain steadfast and faithful in affliction, can I tell you what we get as the victory? You and I gain strength to make it through anything. Anybody been through anything? Anybody had some struggles in life? Well, can I tell you something? Every now and then you need somebody to help you to get through it. And what Paul and Barnabas was saying is that because there was going to be some affliction, there was going to be some tribulation, there was going, let me give it to you this way, it was going to be some trouble. And because it was going to be some trouble, they needed somebody to let them know, stick to the plan. And the plan you stick to is don't worry about what's happening to you. You got somebody standing beside you that's going to get you through. Okay. Um, Can can I just say this to you? Um, Anybody been through some troubles, some trials lately? Raise your hand. Anybody had some storms lately? Raise your hand real high. Look at somebody and tell them, you're going to get through this. See, y'all missed the shouting part right there. I'll say it again. You're going to get through it because God is on your side. Y'all warming up. Thank you, sweet. Thank thank you, baby. I see children all right with me. I'll say it again. We're going to get through it because God is on our side. See, that, that was a shouting notice. But, but can I tell you something? Every one of us, Paul and Barnabas says, not only are we going to get through it, but he also says, keep on going. And can I tell you something today? Every one of us can keep going. How do we know? Because he says that through adversity, you can keep going no matter what your setbacks and your disappointments, your trials, your tests, your letdowns, your heartaches, your dark days, your betrayals, your heavy burden, your bad reputation, your alcoholic addiction, drug addiction, racism, or uncontrolled anger issues where you're tripping or flipping and flopping. It doesn't matter if you broken dreams or life unexpected detours, oppressions and depressions and ridicule, rejection, grief and desertion and parental letdown and insult and mental and physical abuse, tragedies and painful lessons, calamities, shame, tricks of the enemy, deceptions of the devil, the weaknesses of moments. He said, you are going to get through it because God will never leave you. I feel like preaching a minute. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Okay, so y'all tripping. No, no. I'll say it again. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Y'all got it? Say that. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Since y'all didn't get it, let me give you the shouting part. Did you know when you look at that passage, it's what is called a palindrome truth? That means you can read it right to left or left to right, and it still means the same thing. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Everybody say, that's forward. But then he also says, thee forsake nor thee leave, never will I. God said, I don't care if you're going right or if you're going left, I'm still going to be standing with you. And in spite of what you are dealing with, God is on your side. Okay. See, I'm through. I'm trying to quit, but y'all won't let me because y'all going to make me preach a little bit. But I want to tell y'all, 
okay, uh, okay. Uh, anybody ever seen the movie Antoine Fisher? Anybody ever seen that movie? Raise your hand. Stories told about a boy who literally grew up in a house uh, where the, the woman who, in fact, raised him used to beat him and call him some very vile and ugly names. And he had a sister uh, who was a stepsister who literally did things to him that he couldn't talk about. He meets this girl, he falls in love, and he wants to get to know his family. Well, come to find out his mama was on drugs and, and his daddy had departed in his life, didn't know who he was. He raised, is raised being adopted. And y'all, one day he has this meeting with Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington says, you got to find out how to get over your trouble, how to get over your challenge of abandonment. So what he does is he goes on this quest. He goes through, these little children don't know nothing about uh, phone books. Uh, so a uh, uh, phone book about this tall, about this long. And all of a sudden, uh, while they were trying to uh, find his parents, he stumbles up on one name, finds out they family, but he goes back. The shouting part is the very thing that troubled him the very people who afflicted him, he shows up and knocks on the door. And when he knocks on that door, the sister who molested him, mistreated him, shows up. But then all of a sudden, he says, go get mother. She comes out, she calls him by a vile name, and this is the shouting part, and this is where you and I, who are children of God, can literally set the roof of Central Christian off the map today with just this one statement. She said, uh, come give me a hug. I said, no, I want to tell you, after all the things that you've done to me, after all the things you have done in and against me, I want you to know through it all, I'm still standing. Amen. That becomes a testimony for your life and mine. When you think of all the things that Satan has thrown in your way, stumbling blocks, God can turn them into stepping stone. Satan, after everything you've done to me, I'm still standing. Is there one somebody else in here this morning can say, after all the things I've been through, I'm still standing here today. Where are you at this morning? You say, I'm standing here today. Stand to your feet if you know that he had brought you through some stuff, then you ought to help me stand this morning. If he made ways for you, then you ought to make some noise. If he opened some doors and you're still standing, look at somebody and say, after all the things we've been through, I'm still standing with my hands lifted up. And can I tell you what happens when your hands are lifted up? If, you, if we got any police officer in here, they'll tell you, you have the right to remain silent. But after everything the Lord has done in your life and through your life and for you, and you are still standing, this is a stick up. You have the right to make some noise in this house. If he opens some doors for you, this is a stick up. If he saved your soul, it's a stick up. If he made a way out of no way, it's a stick up. And because your hands are lifted, make some noise for the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our hope is that you are left inspired and challenged to continue to grow in your faith. If you are looking for more from Central, follow us on social media. 
You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. See you next time. Until then, go be the church.